Uh, this is Bart Strebnik from Chicago. I'm an artist and community organizer, and you're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1... Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees Strong ozone and safe sunshine Well, good planets are hard to find Good planets are in the main Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-475-1590 on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're all throwing our hands up in the air. We'll get to Facebook. You know, someday, someday, we keep saying someday, it'll just all be here. We'll turn on the microphones and just do a radio show. Oh, there's the Mike Novak show on Facebook. Okay, good. I can't hear myself. Okay, well, I can't find it here on the computer, so I can't find all this stuff that I'm... Wow. <laughs> uh, welcome. Good morning. The sun's out. I guess. That's Yay. a good thing. It's a nice day. Ooh, wow, that's really loud. Welcome to the Mike Novak Show. I'm trying to find uh, on uh, on the computer here that won't give me the archives so I could do all my sound effects and stuff. Just won't open. Just not here. So uh, we'll have. We'll wing it. Well, I guess so. You mean no sound effects? Look <laughs> here. Uh, we've got that. We can. Do... Okay, there we go. Uh, anything else, anybody? Oh, that's a cartoon sound effect. <laughs> I, 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 I. It's one of my favorite ever. Is uh, you? You can come in here if you want, uh, Randall. Come on in. Find that, find that uh, little file for me, because it, it ain't here. I'll let you, I'm going to let you play with that while I dance with the microphone, which will make uh, Sonar really crazy. Hey, welcome. Uh, as uh, Peggy said, it's sunny. It's not exactly warm, but it's not exactly cold. You know, I, it was one of the things we'll talk about with meteorologist Rick DeMaio uh, uh, when he gets here in the second hour is I've determined that this is just a really, really boring, boring uh, winter so far. It's just not interesting at all. Except for the cold snap. The cold snap was fun. Like that. And like, and the long term forecast Rick sent us. It's gonna It's be, gonna get cold again, but but you know, let wait a second, that's a forecast. It's like is that gonna happen? Uh, no idea. Yay, we finally got shared to Facebook. Oh Ooh. really? So that, we're that, we're up there. That, that that took some chewing gum and, and standing uh, on one Ellie foot. in the corner and uh, <laughs> just she looks like she's doing her home you look like you're doing your homework. Yeah, I know, so so, uh, in fact, uh, we should roll the microphone over there. Get it away from that guy because he's he's only an hour early. Our second hour guest shows up because he's terrified he's going to oversleep. So uh, uh, he's standing here in the studio just to, to hassle us in the first hour. 
and today, we're, uh, he, actually, when, when he gets on the air, we're going to uh, discuss, uh, you know, your soil. We, we keep doing that on the show, but that's where everything starts. But it's not just the soil. It'll also be your lawn. Yeah, I know it's, it's January, but, you know, this is actually a good time to talk about your lawn and how you're going to attack it this year. Because um, this is the year, right, folks? Okay, write this down. Repeat after me. Look in the mirror. Repeat after me. <laughs> this is the year I ditch the chemicals. Raise, this, raise your hand. Raise, make, raise your make hand. The pledge. That's it. <laughs> this is the year I stop overloading my lawn with nitrogen that just goes into the water table and down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico and turns into a dead zone. This is the year I quit over-phosphorizing my lawn where that uh, goes into Lake Michigan and creates algae blooms in Lake Erie. Uh, and Lake Michigan. And Lake Michigan. Yeah, it's true. If you go up to Green Bay, oh, man, that's nasty up there. It can be nasty. So there's no reason for this. And let me tell you something. And I've said this on the show before. Come April, you know what your lawn's going to do? It's going to green up. And guess what? If you don't put fertilizer on your lawn, it's, it's going to still do it. It's going to green up anyway. That's the way nature works. Just telling you here. Don't buy. Don't believe the hype. Don't see, fall for you're it. You're going to get all this stuff on TV about how, ooh, get your fertilizer out now. Ooh, you better put that down right now. And then the big rainstorm comes and washes it all into the... But then you put in more the, on. And then you put more on. Because in America, that, what, in America... What, what about moron? What? If some is good, moron is better. I mean, more is better. So, <laughs> did you find it? Oh, did you hook it? Now, look at Randall's, like, crawling okay, around Okay, Randall gets there. a ding. All right, he's crawling around here. So, if he has to crawl under <laughs> the table and, and punch stuff to make it work, what hope have we just wandering in here and turning on stuff? I and, could kick it. Uh, go for it. You know, do no, that might the, we'll wait till we're on break. All right, so uh, second hour that's what we're talking about. We're talking about all that stuff, uh, about your about uh, basically park districts and how you can do uh, natural lawn care. It really it's good, it's a good thing. Uh, and first hour, and we're not sure whether it's Skype or phone yet, I have no idea because we've got. 1,700 uh, engineers in the room there trying to figure out how Skype works. Uh, and uh, Lisa Albrecht from the Illinois Solar Energy Association talking about this tariff that's been slapped on solar panels. Going to be interesting. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. When even the Pope starts offering advice about how to mitigate climate change, you know that something's up. Pope Francis says that in order to heal the earth, we need scientific clarity, ethical guidance, spiritual engagement, and direct action. Are you ready to be engaged? No, the Pope isn't coming to town, but the McHenry County College Great Lakes Bioneers Speaker Series is. And a couple of Loyola University Chicago professors will speak about the path of hope, integral ecology for home and hemisphere on February 13th. Join Dr. Michael J. Shuck from the Department of Theology and Dr. Nancy Tuckman from the Institute of Sustainability as they explore the next steps in slowing the runaway train called climate change. All events are free and at 7 p.m. in the Looked Conference Center, 8900 U.S. Highway 14 in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Call 815-479-7765 or visit mchenry.edu slash green. That's 815-479-7765 or visit mchenry.edu slash green. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? 
Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Everybody sing. to the Mike Novak show with uh, Peggy Malecki. So the Skype thing, yeah, we uh, we have uh, we threw that out the window, huh? Okay. So we we took the Skype and we burned it and we said you're 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 done. You're out of here. So we'll okay. just have a static photo of Lisa up there. Uh, uh, okay. We will and there she is. Lisa which and I got let's bring on Lisa Albrecht. Lisa, good morning. Hello. Fuzzy slippers on this morning. Uh, mm, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two we, cats crawling all over. We got it. We got to update your photo. You've been using that same photo now a long time. Okay, it's time for mm. you. You come. You come in the studio. We'll uh, we'll shoot something new. We'll do it. We'll. All right. We'll, it's it's we'll, your LinkedIn profile photo. We'll do a, a photo shoot. It's a, it's her everything photo. This is this is your like your at least you're consistent. That's, That's a good my thing. Professional headshot. That's uh, was that actually a <laughs> professional headshot done. That was yes. Back in the day, okay. Yeah, back it. Well, it 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 is old because it was 2009. I was uh, uh, awarded the Solar Hero of the Year from the Solar Energy uh, 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 from the American Solar Energy Society. Good for you. Uh, and they paid a professional photographer to come out to uh, shoot pictures. <laughs> it was a big gusty windy day we could see the storm rolling in but we were determined to sit on a roof in front of solar panels. oh gosh yeah all right nothing like uh leaving it up to mother nature to decide when the photo shoot ends uh exactly uh and lisa of, done in a hurry. uh anyway. lisa is with uh several outfits she's with solar service inc uh, where you help sell uh solar installations to you do you do you do residential uh, don't you right residential and commercial and commercial <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh and yep. of course she's also a vice president with the illinois solar energy association uh isea and uh has been um of full disclosure was part of the mike novak show back in the day and if you listen to radio at all in chicago or see television at all this week in chicago uh Lisa's been all over the map. She's been on every. Uh, in fact, we're we're like the <laughs> been a busy week. La- we we're been the last radio show together. She saved the 
She saved the best for last. Well, and you were the you you were the you were the first that was interested. In the challenges just as the news broke on Tuesday, and you guys there on Sunday. Oh yeah, totally. When 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 new, when news breaks on uh, Monday or Tuesday, we're screwed. Where everybody else is going to beat yeah. us to the punch because there's nothing we can do. We just sit here and I and I yell at the TV. No, that's my interview. Uh, so except none of them let her wear her fuzzy slippers. Never cats crawling around. Uh, you know, and we would have had they you. Not. Uh, we would have let you show your fuzzy slippers if we could have connected with Skype. That would have been fun. Uh, so uh, well, and I was trying to get into the studio, uh, but uh, yeah, today's just been uh, or this week's just been a little crazy. But yeah, let's jump in because it's been uh, a lot, lots going on in the solar industry in the last couple months, actually. Yeah, uh, you mean been, even uh, before it feels this? Like the house is on fire every time I turn around. But fortunately, we keep putting the fires out. Well, we know that uh, this week uh, uh, Washington decided, in its wisdom, to slap a tariff, a thirty percent tariff on solar panels coming from out of the country and the solar industry has reacted to that and i got a bunch of that information at mikenovak.net if you go there i even put part of the statement uh that the isea made i put that on uh on the uh the the blog too because i thought you know you guys uh, i'm glad you responded that quickly and uh, I want to get to the other stuff because I did. I'm I'm kind of curious what else is going on. But let's start with this because this is the big news. And that, like I said, there was a solar tariff uh, applied. And you guys write that it's disappointing, but you say that it is important to note that the 30 percent tariff and they they're they're only starting with 30. You know, at least it's not 150. Uh, the 30 percent tariff is only for the solar panels, not the overall cost of the project. According to Green Tech Media, panel costs are expected to increase between 10 to 12 cents a watt. Imported panel manufacturers have been accounting for price increases in anticipation of the tariff and may make some additional minor pricing adjustments now that the tariff has been approved with the ever-declining cost of other solar components and decreases in the soft costs of the projects, such as permitting, solar will remain a strong, viable, and growing industry. And that's kind of been the reaction of of people throughout the country to this tariff, which is, wow, we really don't, we're not thrilled about it, but guess what? We're going to survive. We're going to, we're just going to say, okay, suck it up pull up our big boy pants and we're going to solar's not going away. That's that's kind of what you guys are saying, right Lisa? Yep, nope, you summed it up real, uh really really well. The um uh just to give a, a a little color to the background of this. So back in April, two of the national manufacturers that are here in the United States, they are foreign-owned companies. Uh but they do produce um both the silicon as well as the um, modules themselves. And and uh, they had filed a trade uh, complaint a few years ago, and no harm was found. And so this time, I think, um, you know, it's hard to say, you know, truly what in the marketplace motivated them to act now. But uh, what happens is that the International Trade Commission reviews the case. They look at uh, public testimony from uh, a number of different sources. And in the fall, they determined that harm was, in fact, um, happening um, to those domestic manufacturers. And so then 
the way that the process happens, and I've learned so much about my government and civics mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, but the next step then is that a remedy needs to be applied, and that is a White House responsibility. So it's not as though the Trump administration, administration drummed this up all by themselves, um, but uh, industry advocates were working really hard to try to uh, uh, minimize the damage and convince uh, the administration that uh, – uh, the tariffs should be small. In fact, even Alec and the Heritage Foundation were against these tariffs. So, wow, that's uh, something. That's saying something. bipartisan. Wow. What? Go ahead. I'm just saying that's something. Even Alec's against this. Wow. <laughs> that's that's even amazing. Even Alec was against this tariff. That's how that's how much people did not think this tariff would uh, was what should have been imposed. And, and for folks who don't know, um, Alec, you know, Alec, just for folks who don't know, Alec is the American Legislative Executive Council, and uh, they they come up. They're they're sort of a right wing group that comes up with all these different. Uh, they come up with laws, boilerplates for laws, and then they shop them around the country. And and if you're uh, a Republican c- controlled legislature, you usually glom onto it and say, "Hey, this is a great idea." So. The, the idea that the Trump administration comes out with this tear-up and Alex says, no, we don't like that. That's It's kind of interesting. So, anyway, continue. Yep. So, so, yeah, so it was disappointing. Um, uh, solar has been growing incredibly rapidly, uh, not just here domestically in the United States, but, you know, all across the globe. And the importance of making sure that solar is affordable here in the United States ensures that it's within reach of consumers. Uh, solar is a tremendous way of not only controlling your own energy costs, but reducing your carbon. I think many people feel as though, you know, they don't, they don't have many actions other than, you know, perhaps calling their state senators and representatives and their federal uh, government officials as well. Uh, and that feels impotent, you know, so to be able to put solar panels on your own house gives you this like path forward, particularly as the U.S. left the Paris Accord and things like that, this is some, you know, physical action that you can actually do to vote with your dollars to say the climate is important to me. I am investing in this product. And so this tariff is going to slow that process down a little bit. But you know what? We were selling solar energy three years ago. That's basically what that 10 cents per watt on the components that puts us back to about, you know, uh, 2015, 2014. Uh, and so we know that we'll continue to sell. We still have the federal tax credit. And here in Illinois, we um, are getting closer and closer every day to enacting the bill that was passed uh, at a bipartisan level in Springfield in December of 2016. So so it's frustrating. Um, uh, but it, I, I saw a lot of memes that said that, it, you know, the industry was going to be decimated. That's, I, I think, an exaggeration. The sad thing is that it's going to cost jobs. So what's remarkable about the solar industry is that one out of every 50 new jobs created in the country is from solar. Oh, there are more people working in this industry than in coal, oil, and natural gas combined. Yeah, uh, There are only about two to 3,000 employees in the solar manufacturing sector. So this really is a case of throwing the baby out with bathwater. No kidding. Uh, the, the, the tariff was not high enough, we don't think. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not an analyst, so... It doesn't seem that the tariff was high enough to really help those manufacturers as much mm-hmm. as they needed the, the help on the back end with pricing. But it was enough that it's going to cause a slowdown of growth and, and potentially as many as 23,000 jobs is some of the estimates that I've seen. Um, uh, that uh, And those are local installation jobs and supply chain jobs that could 
be lost because the growth is will slow down and, and companies can't you know forecast as far into the future. So so it's unfortunate because I think uh, we were really on a great forward path and this slows us down a little bit. I saw your headline. It's a it's a speed bump. It slows us mm-hmm. down, but it certainly doesn't kill the industry. One of the articles that that Mike posted on the blog was of some manufacturing expansion that was going to start, and this has kind of slowed it all down. Is that something you're seeing, or is this just a a knee-jerk from this one company? Yeah, well, the manufacturing really is totally overseas, Uh, and so the opportunity for solar here is just the application of it. Uh, You know, and that's not unlike any other high-technology component, whether it's my cell phone, my computer, or my television. You know, very few high-end electronic Mm -hmm. components are manufactured here in the United States. The vast majority of those markets are in the use and sale and implementation and installation of those projects or products. And the same is true with solar. You know, the, the, the one, the coolest component of the entire system is only a part of it. The actual jobs and economic opportunities within local communities is putting those panels in place. Uh, you know, and here in Illinois, we are actually about to explode with community solar, which is an opportunity for people like Mike who don't have a great roof for solar. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Sorry, you. Mike. Uh, but, it, but, but there's, you know, uh, a vast majority of Chicagoans, for example, are renters. Uh, and so they can't put their, uh, you know, can't put solar panels on or they live in multifamily housing projects. And so community solar is going to be a great way to uh, build fields with thousands and thousands of panels on them, and that's going to be, bring a tax basis back into those communities that can help uh, with education and transportation and roads and things like that. So it's really short-sighted to make this one little change that's going to have a negative domino effect, um, but we will overcome it and we will uh, you know, get back and, and the industry will continue to thrive and grow, just not at the pace that it could have. That is uh, Lisa Albrecht from the Illinois Solar Energy Association, also from uh, uh, so, uh, so, bah, 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 solar, so, service. solar Service, Inc. <laughs> solar Service. I know there's so many solar, 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 solars in there. Uh, and uh, and we're talking about the, uh, the tariff slapped on solar panel. You know, I have... I have so many things that run through my head with this. And, and the first is that I look at the decision and without getting too political, but I will. Um, it's it just seems like it uh, Washington uh, and those folks in that administration um, have been getting a lot of bad news recently. So they needed to do something. And it's like do something in quotes. It's like now we're going to do something and show that we're really we're really in charge here. And so let's do something. And all it does is is kill jobs. And it just seems silly. I don't I don't understand it. But the other question I have for you, the question is about you said two companies filed this complaint that uh, that they were being put out of business. uh, And this is how is this how America works? If if let's say if my radio show and Mighty House goes to the government and says, "Hey, we're being unfairly uh, uh, whatever," that uh, they'll they'll pass a law for us because is that all it takes is two companies? I don't understand the leverage that two companies had to get this tariff that weren't even U.S. owned companies that, that are not even U.S. owned companies. Do you have any mm-hmm. uh, insight into that, Lisa? You know, that's that's a little out of my experience, and I think, you know, a a really interesting um, observation. But uh, I think when it comes to manufacturing sector uh, and a product that has lots of imports, like I don't think you necessarily are being harmed by, uh, you know, by outsourced by forces. But 
know, the International Trade Commission, that is what they, you know, do day in and day out is look at the fairness of competition, whether it's, you know, steel manufacturing or the actual raw materials of steel, lumber, you know, the number of things, textiles, all the things that are coming into the country. These are the types of things that they are constantly looking mm-hmm. at. Um, and although it was two companies that filed, uh, another company joined in. Um, you know, so I, I'm not sure at what point do they put things on their radar. Uh, like I mentioned, it was uh, it, the, the case was reviewed before and harm was not found. Um and yeah, so I don't, I'm not really clear with the how all of that happened. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. Uh, but I'm learning. <laughs> I, I know you are. I, and I figure at some point you're going to become the foremost expert in the country about this. And now, then you're going to be doing national shows. And then she's going to need a new profile. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Great. You're going to need a new profile picture. And you're going to need a new job because you won't have time to do your job at uh, Solar Service Inc. Okay, we will be right back with Lisa Albrecht. Uh, Lisa, hang on. We'll get back to you. Uh, I just want to let folks know that I was visiting Carolyn. Ulrich, my editor and nemesis at Chicagoland Gardening Magazine this week, and we got to talking about the stories in the magazine about some of the fabulous gardens all over the Chicago area. They're always accompanied by beautiful photos, often taken by the brilliant Ron Kopek, and I told her how I often skip those stories because they remind me of my own garden, and I begin to weep. Or throw a shot glass through a picture window, or smash a priceless piece of art like it was a styrofoam cup. My shrink says I have issues. By the way, you're always welcome to skip my column on the inside back page of each issue for similar reasons. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com or you can call a phone number, 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki will be right back. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show returns to Navy Pier this March with more energy than ever thanks to a new schedule, so pay attention. This year's theme is Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell. And as usual, there are fabulous display gardens built by the industry's top professionals, daily celebrity chef demonstrations, container potting parties, and ongoing STEM studio cut flower arranging classes. The Kids Activity Garden is back. And did we mention presentations led by nationally renowned experts like, oh, I don't know, Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki? Yes, we'll be there twice. Our presentation, What's Important and How to Find It, is on Friday, March 16th at 1.30. And on Sunday, March 18th, we're once again broadcasting live from the show. And this year, the Chicago Flower and Garden Show runs for five days only, from Wednesday, March 14th through Sunday, March 18th. So, get your tickets now. Go to chicagoflower.com and we'll see you there. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmers Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. 
Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And uh, we have Lisa Albrecht, uh, who is uh, an expert, a solar expert on our program. And she's with the Illinois Solar Energy Association and Solar Service, Inc. And we were talking about this tariff that was slapped on. And uh, one of the the things that we were talking about during the break on on Facebook here is – about the, there was one company in the United States that says it was going to put a twenty million dollar U.S. factory expansion on hold while it sought an exemption because they're they are producing solar panels using American technology but in a different country and so they feel like this is unfair mm-hmm. to them. So there are some American manufacturers getting hurt as well, uh, or at least who have are using American technology to, and and it's obviously in another country. You know my the, my feeling about this, Lisa, is that part of the problem is that we missed the boat on this years ago. Uh, we should have been ramping up our. Uh, uh, our manufacturing of solar panels in the United States for years. And now we got caught because everybody else in the world is doing it cheaper. And so they got to slap this tariff on. Um, And there's two things. It it seems to me, if you want to encourage manufacturing in America, uh, you don't have a tariff for what is this going to be like four years or five years uh, where they start at 30% and then they go down 5% each year. So the next second year will be 25%. The third year will be 20%. And the fourth year will be 15%. Um, it seems to me you would do it the opposite way because by the time a, a, a manufacturing outfit gets their factory ready five years down the road, well, the tariff has gone down 15%. It's gone down by half, and now they're disadvantaged again. Why wouldn't you do it the opposite, which is start with 15% and ramp up to 30 so that gives our manufacturers a chance to get ahead in the game, and then four or five years down the road, they're really competitive. Doesn't that make sense to you? No, totally. And and I'm talking with others in the industry as I'm trying to learn more and more about this. One of the things that was really quite shocking to me mm-hmm. was that you know these tariffs that are imposed, those dollars don't actually go back to the industry that they're supposedly making more competitive. What is it going so to? So the tariff that will be collected on those imported panels just goes back into the U.S. coffers. It does not go to help those manufacturers that filed the suits or reinvest in communities to make sure that we are building those technologies and that we are more competitive. So you're exactly right, Mike. It it feels as though it's just delaying time, but doesn't actually cause the problem. But if you'll remember back when it was with all the Solyndra and, you know, the Obama administration early on had through the Department of Energy and the Sunshot grants, uh, was that was a strategy, and it was a very successful strategy of, of supporting manufacturers and research and development and you know i mean and and they successfully had an impact of bringing down prices uh and america needs to you know if if nothing and again i'll use cell phones as as a, a common connection the research and development is what america is great at mm-hmm. and if we put all of that out of reach and reduce demand for those types of products that research and development is also going to leave our shores right and that's not good for us no so none of it makes sense to me okay it it was a whim uh, yeah uh, i have to make good on campaign (laughs) promises it, it seems it seems to have been that so uh, as you said, however, uh, let's let's look at the positive here. And the positive, as you said, is that for one thing, locally, Illinois is in the forefront of of developing solar 
installations uh, getting them done because of the Future Energy Jobs Act, which went into effect in uh, June of last year and is is now kicking in in, in 2018. How, have you been talking to your fellow solar folks uh, in Illinois to figure out what the strategy is to move forward? Well, so we're very fortunate that um, uh, the the policies that Illinois enacted because, well, two things, they, they have not been fully baked yet, and so we're still in a commission review process. Um, and so they'll be able to adjust some of the pricing of those mm-hmm. incentives. Um, and then also we did build into, uh, we as if I was writing legislation, uh, the legislation was written in a way to be flexible to respond to market conditions. And so that's a, a, a really unique thing that I don't think other states have as much of a nimble uh, response ability to changes like this in in the world. Interesting. So, so we're very excited, and I think you know we're going to. Uh, everyone here in Illinois is is just has our heads down and are plowing forward as fast and as hard as we can, um, regardless of this. Uh, so really, it's already in everyone's rearview mirror at this stage. Although we're still waiting to see how these rules will be implemented and what the <laughs> you know what the actual rules will right. be, things like that. Yeah. But, um, but overall, I, I think it's um, uh, uh, we are fortunate that the, the things that we're putting in place today will allow us some flexibility to be able to respond to these increases in prices. It's interesting. You say it's in your re- rearview mirror. The The announcement was made last Monday, uh, and it doesn't even go into effect until February 7th. So here you are. And it does. We're we're in a world now where a week later seems like a century. That you've already moved on. You well, f- you figured out how what you're doing, and and now we're on to the next thing. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit. But but although the announcement was new to the public, it was not something that was not anticipated by the industry. So we've actually been waiting um, since I think it was sometime in late October, early November. Uh, that the determination uh, that uh, recommendations had been forwarded to the White House with a with a deadline of the last week of January uh, for a determination. So we mm-hmm. knew something was coming. We just have been waiting for the numbers. Uh, and now that we have them, I think the industry is going to, you know, we, we definitely still need some detail in, in terms of the implementation. Um, but we now have something to work with. Now, the first 2.5 gigawatts of imported product will be exempt each year. And so there's a big question as to how that will work. Um, but we're actually working with suppliers right now who have inventory and are not raising their prices just yet. So can I, okay, can I, can I stop you, Lisa, Lisa? And installing as fast as we can. Yeah. I, I, I stop you. 2.5 gigawatts uh, uh, watts are exempt to whom? Per what? Uh, for the import. So the, so that's a, that's, for, per, that's per, per, for the company, panels. for the one, co- wait, for the, the group importing or, or the company that manufactures, I'm not clear. All, all imports of all, of all the panels that are coming in the first 2.5, uh, will not be taxed, but we don't know how that will be implemented. Okay. Um, you know, is somebody going to stand at the at, yeah, at the border with a that? clicker? <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's a uh, that's a gigawatt. Oh, oh, okay, you're you're out. So it, it, we, don't, I just don't know how all of that's going to work. Wow. Um, 
I bet you could. Um, I bet you could but spam like it. I said, it's not, this was not news. New news mm-hmm. to the industry. I'd also read something that the ITC might contest it, and it will more than likely be contested uh, by the World Trade Organization. Uh, you know, globally, there are already talks of, of pushing back. Um, and so we will need to see too, you know, what, what happens there. And then, you know, there's the, the cascade of, of other implications, mm-hmm. uh, how this will, you know, cause there was also an import on, uh, washing machines. And so, uh, and they're the already raising from, prices, you know, some of these partners, too. LG already said they were raising prices on their washing machines. Yeah. I see it. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. the interesting part too. It's, uh, the difference being, that who's going to stop buying a washing machine? Well, I guess you, you'll keep your old one longer, um, but washing machine is and it's and it's weird that they were coupled together. Or do they use kind of the same materials? Do you have any idea, Lisa? I, I don't know. It was more than just a coincidence. Uh, you know that these two things came to head at the same time, uh, and so you know just put it back all out there at once i'm guessing again this is over i'm over my skis right now but <laughs> all right let me um, let me see if i can put you over your skis one more time um because and I, <laughs> I, I think you might understand maybe you do i don't know uh i've had people write to me and say well isn't part of the problem with creating or manufacturing solar panels that they use rare earths and that china has been better at mining them than we are do you know if that plays into manufacturing um, well, definitely the components are rare earth materials, um, uh, and that is part of the component cost. Uh, it's also a little bit of why, you know, uh, probably uh, why things are, are happening overseas, um, just because of the availability of materials. But, um, yeah, no, uh, not 100% sure on the answer to that. Sorry. That's okay. It's okay. You, you can't... You can't uh... You can't know everything. Uh, you, you know, you, you know, <laughs> but it's a great question. You know quite a bit already, and, uh, and I think that environmentalists worry, uh, you know, about uh, the, you know, about the materials that go into solar panels. And and what's exciting is that as we continue to see the technology adopted uh, in every corner of the world, whether it's a developing country that doesn't have a grid and can go immediately, just like, again, cell phones, you know, they skip the whole landline process and mm-hmm. just went straight to right. cell phones. And the same thing is happening uh, in developing countries with solar, uh, where you don't have to necessarily build on an expensive, costly time-consuming grid, you can just go straight to on-site generation, um, you know, to, you know, massive development here in the United States. The more that we use this technology, the more R&D dollars will be spent. Um, You know, there's a translucent glass that produces solar, uh, spray paint that produces solar. Uh, Tesla's got the the roof that is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the buzz in the last year. You know, so the more that this technology becomes available and commonplace, the better suited we are for finding cheaper and more available ways to do it. There's no reason any surface that sees the sun could not produce electricity. So <laughs> we just need to be clever about it. Except and, my and, house. And, and this kind of slows that down a little. We could maybe it, even get your house working. Except for my house. We know that my house is exempted except from all silver house. projects, so uh, we, we've we've tried that. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, all, it all sounds like it's very positive. Lisa, uh, do keep in touch, and good luck uh, with all your uh, TV and radio appearances uh, as they come up in the next few weeks, because I got a feeling this is not the end of it. Uh, Lisa Albrecht uh, from the Illinois Solar Energy Association from Solar Service, Inc. 
uh, from the from Mighty House, Home Improvement Radio, from WBEZ, from W Chicago Tonight, <laughs> Chicago Tonight. Uh, oh my God, from Can TV, uh, from she's famous from Progress right, Progresso Radio, and uh, on and on and on. Well, thank you so much for getting up in your jammies and talking to us this morning. Oh, thank you guys so much. And thanks so much for all the hard work that you do constantly to educate people on these important topics. We're trying to get the word out. All right. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. More to come. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago Magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 2018 Good Food Expo. Connect with local farmers and producers, learn from renowned local chefs, shop the Good Food Marketplace, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. Don't miss the Good Food Masterclass on Fermented Foods with author Michael Harlan Turkel. Good Food happens Saturday, March 24th at the UIC Forum in Chicago. The Mike Novak Show will cover it live on Facebook. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. This is your talk. Hey, this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. You uh, sounded like Mike Jackson. I was just going to say I was doing my Mike Jackson impersonation, and uh, I'm not even going to go special on minnows today. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and uh, Ellie in the studio, and I see our second guest has shown up here. So uh, we're all set for the second hour and live in studio. We'll be talking about uh, lawn care. Believe it or not. Lawn care and the soil again. Always, it's always about the soil, but uh, about how public parks are getting involved in this, and um, about uh, what you should be thinking about as we move into spring, which is still, believe me, folks, 
we got a whole month of February to go mm-hmm. through. So, uh, because I, I, I saw I saw on your Facebook, you had posted a photo of shoots coming out of the ground, and that's just dangerous. And, you just, and that's just in the middle of the yard. I didn't even move leaves. Yeah, they're I, just I, popping up I everywhere. know, I know, because it got warm, and then they send them up, and they're just going to sit there at that same level for mm-hmm. the next month and a half. Nothing's going to happen. Unless it gets to be 85 in March like it did in 2012, mm-hmm. but other than and that. And then it froze in April. All right. Uh, so don't even think about that stuff. What This is the planning stage, folks. In fact, next week, very excited, we're going to have a bunch of people on the show talking about seeds and seed starting. The Seed Keeper gals are here. And Kylie Baumley. Talking monarchs. Monarchs. And, and maybe someone else. And we haven't who we haven't talked to. We're probably we're going to see her today. She's very busy today. We, uh, this yeah. weekend. Uh, and, and let's talk about that. It's the seed uh, weekend. Uh, seed, seed savers events are happening all over town, including this one at the Chicago Botanic Garden today, which you and I might be going up to after the show. Well, it's a couple different things because the Chicago Botanic Garden has uh, a little. Um, luncheon event, there's a speaker right. that's going to be on. And then the Seed Saver event itself starts, I believe, at 3. Super Seed Weekend. Um, seeds. They had some big events yesterday, but today uh, the big thing is the Seed Swap. Right. Also at 1.30, um, keynote speaker Rowan White, who's the director and founder of Sierra Seeds. She's a member of the Mohawk community and a passionate activist for seed and food sovereignty is doing a keynote speech at the uh, Alsdorf Auditorium at the Botanic Gardens. And then the seed swap is from 3 to 5 in Regenstein Hall in, in the big main building. So I guess you just bring your seeds and you, you swap. Can, you can bring seeds. Um, I was there last year. They have a huge many tables set up, uh, little envelopes, and you can just come and select seeds, take some Um so you can sample, you know, you can get five of this and five of that. You don't have to go buying all the packets of seeds. And they've got lots and lots of heirlooms. The seed swap is free, but regular parking fees do apply. There you go. You get in. And it's it's a nice day. It's a sunny day. It's a great day to be out at the Botanic Garden in the winter if you if you like walking in the winter. You know, and I saw a, a photo from some friends of mine uh, who every week they go to a different natural area and they do a walk and then they post their photos and i'm i'm jealous i don't need to do that <laughs> except usually on sunday i'm here on saturday i'm preparing for here uh but it's i gotta do that yeah. I, I i you know it's that's just it's the coolest thing ever like my lake photos yeah I'm but you to... you walk half a block down to no, the lake and then you walk black but no but I, I try to just go there regularly and, and see the seasons change yeah so lake. you had something else here going on also going on, so if you're going to go to the Botanic Gardens in Glencoe at 3 or 1.30, stop by the Faith in Place Farmer's Market that goes until noon today at North Shore Congregation Israel, which is 1185 Sharon Road, Sheridan Road in Glencoe. And Faith in Place is doing uh, indoor farmer's markets, sponsoring them every weekend. There's, I believe, 17 over the course of the season. And they'll have seasonal produce, lots of frozen things, honey, eggs, veggie burgers, um, pickles, granola, jams, jellies, things to eat, and lots of fun. Next weekend is um, Stone Temple Missionary Baptist Church and uh, a few others. You can go to faithinplace.org for a full list. Right, and you hear you hear that uh, uh, on our show we, we uh, like, like to give Faith in Place a shout-out. 
uh, on the show uh, and hope the folks go there and pick the farmer's market that they that is near them or one they're willing or to travel to. Yeah, really. Uh, and the other thing that's going on, uh, I've noticed that because I, I continue to get stuff from Friends of the Parks. And this this is so interesting, this whole thing going on on the south side with Jackson Park and the Obama Presidential Center. It's getting lots of national attention now, too. It, it really is, uh, which is a good thing. Because if you get if you get the national attention, then there's some transparency, and then the power brokers can't just swoop in and decide what they're going to do and leave the public clueless mm-hmm. to this. Um, and this Wednesday, January 31st, from six to eight p.m., is an open house format that will include a brief presentation to begin at six fifteen. Uh, as part of its ongoing South Lakefront framework plan process with the community that began in June. The Chicago Park District will host the next community meeting at South Shore Cultural Center. That's again Wednesday. Uh, The meeting will present updates to the proposed golf course plans for Jackson and South Shore Parks based on community feedback and will solicit additional park comment on the updated plans. Now, if you ask me, uh, I would say don't do it. Um... The golf course. The golf course. Yeah, no, no. And this, and and the fact that they keep sort of throwing this in with uh, the Obama Presidential Center is a disservice to the Obama Presidential Center and disservice to the the people uh, who live near Jackson Park mm-hmm. as well. I, you know, because if they transform the those two golf courses you know what they're going to do they're just going to throw a bunch of money at it and it's going to be really expensive and then it's going to force all the poor people out of there people like me who then won't be able to play those courses uh and uh i'm not in favor of it i think it's just a boondoggle and some rich mucky muck is trying to to muck with the golf courses um and i hope um they don't uh, my feeling is uh sure improve the golf courses if you want but don't put them out of the reach of average citizens. So that meeting is uh, coming up uh, on Wednesday, January 31st at the South Shore Cultural Center from 6 to 8 p.m. And there, we uh, have been in touch with uh, uh, Harriet Irizarry, Harriet, I'm sorry, Juanita, Juanita Irizarry, uh, to get back on the show. And she's we're looking at her schedule and we're looking at our schedule and trying to make that happen. Yeah, to get and, and, and we want to get some folks from some of the other South Side organizations that have sprung up some of them have been around for years and some that have sprung up uh in the wake of this mm-hmm. proposal there coalition and, to save jackson park i'd love to have some of those people yeah. on the show and they're, talk they're and the talk ones about who just uh, filed the lawsuit against the park district uh um, uh-huh and and it looks like the uh the the parking lot that was going to be in the Midway Plaisance has been shot down, and so they're going to go underground with it. I, I'm, I'm still saying if they were smart, they would pick up the development in Jackson Park and they would move it someplace else. They would move it to uh, Washington, near Washington Park. Where, yeah, or University of Chicago or, property. Or, and, you know, University of Chicago is doing some stuff there, too, that— you know, why not develop land that could stand developing instead of taking the park land that's already there and well, making it unusable? Yeah, and the weird thing with the University of Chicago, from what I was reading, is they are the ones who filed the bid, but not on my property. And that's the weird. Well, we'll, we'll the weirdness to begin. We with. will continue to follow that. And speaking of parkland, in the second hour, 
Got a couple of guys here who've been talking to people in park districts all over the state um, about uh, how to take lawns and make them uh, more user-friendly, I guess. You know, safer. More environmentally friendly. More environmentally friendly. Happier for the the bugs and the critters that live on the lawn. So uh, they're here. In fact, you're welcome to give us a phone call. I have no idea what the number is. I don't see the number here. Oh, oh it's there. Never mind. We'll, we'll, tell, we'll do it in the second hour. Too late. The Mike <laughs> Novak Show with Peggy Olecki. We'll be right back. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? Author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Cap. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me music. And maybe some coffee with that good food to eat. Give me all that I can take. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. All I need is good tools to make And we're very happy to have a couple of guys in the, the uh, studio with us, uh, and uh, they are both guys who have been uh, on the show before, and um, that guy is Jeff Swano uh, from uh, Dig Right In Landscaping. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And that guy is Steve Newman from Logic Lawn Care. Hello, Steve. How you doing, Mike? And those of you who uh, are familiar with the show might remember that last year, uh, Logic Lawn Care was a proud sponsor of the Mike Novak Show, and we absolutely were, uh, very happy to have you as part of that. But you're like doing slightly different things this year. the The, the company is in, always improving and moving forward, and I'm and I'm glad to hear that. Congratulations! To yes, you. thank you very much. Uh, and uh, by the way, that phone number we were talking about at the end of last hour eight seven 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 one one five six one one. I couldn't see it there. Um, it was behind the computer. Because the dead computer The dead there. computer was there in front of the, the big sign. Uh, and I assume we're using that. And so if you're you're listening to the show and the intro says uh, the 847 number, well, that's not right. It's 877-711-5611. Uh, and when, if and when they decide that that's permanent, we'll probably change the intro. Uh, but until then, we're just going to leave it. And you can find it at uh, my webpage, MikeNovak.net. You can find it on the Facebook page. The Mike Novak Show, 877-711-5611. And you might have some questions in this second hour because we got these two mm-hmm. uh, experts. 
in the studio. I'd, li- I'd like to also invite folks to come on over and join us live on Facebook at either The Mike Novak Show or 1590 WCGO. Yeah. It's always great to have folks watching us because we got the three. Look, at we you can see our guests. It's it's like the, the place in uh, Hyde Park on 53rd, the uh, See Your Food place. I always And that's been there forever. So when I moved to Chicago 40 years ago, they had the sign, See Your Food. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, what does that mean? I'm not sure. But it still says it. See your food. Well, opposed to seafood. See your guests here uh, in the studio. The guy on the left is Jeff Swana, where I'm pointing my finger. See that? Guy on the right. Uh, I'm trying to point my finger. There we go. Uh, Peggy's pointing is uh, Steve Newman, and that's all the time we have. Good night, everybody. But I'm bummed. Uh, we are going to talk this morning about, uh, you did, you guys did a little presentation together and really just very recently within the last couple of weeks, we did, um, you guys went out to, uh, soaring to new heights conference, uh, hosted by the Illinois association of park districts and Illinois park and recreation association. Um, and I think it's remarkable that park districts and park associations are now talking to guys like you because I'm mm-hmm. betting ten years ago they would have said no nah, we're no nah, we can't we can't do that stuff it's, you know in, the, in their first argument would have been it's too expensive we and and their second argument would have been nobody's interested nobody really cares about this uh, and here we are uh, in 2018 and you guys can do a presentation with a bunch of other people you did it with other folks as well. Uh, including folks from the Midwest Pesticide Action Center. Let's give them a ding because Ellie, who is sitting here in the studio next to Jeff. Tweeting feverishly. Uh, worked for them this past year. Uh, so she knows all about that. And uh, and they've got a, a wonderful little thing on their website, uh, which they call Midwest Grows Green. And I've got a link to that on my page, MikeNovak.net. And it has all of your answers. You want to go green. You want to ditch the chemicals. You want to stop being brainwashed by the big companies that, well, as I keep saying this, they'll, they'll never advertise on this show. But that's, <laughs> that's the way it goes. There's not much I can do about that because what they're telling you is wrong. It's just wrong. And it's harmful. And that's, that's the worst, pace, uh, worst thing is, is that it's not just wrong. It's harmful when you start because what even even if technically you could go to their websites and see that they they have this precise uh, amounts that you're supposed to put on your lawn the image it gives to people is that if some is good more is better as we said earlier that that you know you really really need to slather your lawns with uh, especially nitrogen and Jeff you're, sh- you're you're shaking your head yeah yeah it's it's so artificial and we're intentionally poisoning our environment in pursuit of this ideal, perfect lawn. And that's the other thing that you guys talked about that I think is great is like in 2018, there's a different definition of the perfect lawn, isn't there? Uh, I love that idea. And, and and it's a lawn, Steve, that, that I've been to uh, at the Skokie Community Center mm-hmm. that you guys Logic put together. And I took photos of that last year, went out there. In fact, that's what I should have posted I had some photos of that. Should have posted that because it. I had to do uh, a presentation that night, but I wanted to roll in the lawn. I just wanted to. Right. You know. 
Yeah, and we're we're going into our eighth year out there uh, without using any conventional chemicals. Um, and it really begins with cultural practices before you even think about putting products down, making sure you have good mowing practices, regular mowing, aeration, proper watering. And then you start thinking about products, um, and we use organic uh, and natural weed controls. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's what we're talking about in this hour in a, in a nutshell. So if you want to give us a call... Ask a question, 877-711-5611. And again, it's on my website and the Facebook page. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We hope you join us. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. When you visit the Art Institute of Chicago and you're drawn in by the Dutch Masters, are you looking at their clothing or their dinner plates? Dr. Jim Nienhuis from the University of Wisconsin-Madison says we have a lot to learn from the way veggies looked 500 years ago. And he'll tell you about it at the McHenry County College Great Lakes Bioneer Speaker Series. On February 27th, Nienhuis will do two presentations. At noon, he'll speak on Renaissance art and vegetables. At 6 p.m., the talk is about women farming cooperatives in Central America, where he has worked in Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Costa Rica. I've interviewed Dr. Nienhus in the past, and you know what? He lives at the intersection of science and entertainment. All events are free, and at 7 p.m. in the Looped Conference Center, 8900 U.S. Highway 14 in Crystal Lake. Call 815-479-7765 or go to mchenry.edu green. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. As I said, uh, we're going to pump it up here with a couple of guys in the studio who know a little bit of something about um, treating your landscape uh, in a slightly more environmentally friendly way. Just at least slightly. Just a little. Just a tiny bit. You know, and in, in, in the long run, isn't that all we ask is that just move in that direction. You don't have to just uh, get nutty and start hugging trees in your backyard. Although you could. I don't have a problem with that, actually. Go for it. Uh, so get let's, your neighbors to do it, too. Exa- well, okay. There you go. There's the hard part. We can start with that. Let's start with that because I want, I want to get to what you guys were talking about at that conference in January. But I'm the, the, the garden guy on the radio, and I'm the guy who's always talking about chemical use and that sort of thing and how you should get back away from that. I got a neighbor who a couple of years ago was slathering 2,4-D on the lawn in the backyard, and uh, I was trying to grow tomatoes right near it, and I I begged her. I said, please, please don't use that stuff. Please. It's poison. (laughs) 
It, why do you think it kills the weeds? It's not luck that kills the weeds. It's the stuff that's in the bag. And uh, uh, she didn't seem to get it. She says, oh, but it kills the weeds. Of course, she had her accent. And uh, and then part of the communication problem is different languages. Um, all she knew was that it was going to kill weeds. And so it's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Don't want and, the and weeds. I, and I'm saying, no, it's going to kill my tomato plants, too. All right. And so it's bad. And so that's a conversation that's really difficult to have, especially if there's a language barrier. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys start with something like that? We try to lead by example. We don't really get into having that conversation with the neighbor, per se. That's the role of like a Midwest Pesticide Action Center. What we do is lead by example. You know, go look at the village of Skokie and the village green, and that's an example, and it looks great, and you don't have to use the the harmful chemicals. So uh, that's our approach. Well, that makes sense because you're a business, and you have to do it that way. But, J- uh, Jeff, same thing with you? Yeah, if you're doing it in your yard and you can demonstrate to her that this other alternative way of doing it works uh, because now there's more uh, organic herbicides, I pulling weeds right there's other ways yeah but the education of your neighbor is going to be hard especially if they don't believe what you're going to say well they don't have any she doesn't have any sense of it uh she lives she might as well live she might as well be from another planet uh and i and i mean that culturally that 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 yard okay here's the deal that's my dead neighbor's yard all right my 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 neighbor who died and I've been growing vegetables in there for the last couple of years. But aside from the vegetables, it's just this lawn. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's it, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, and then she comes in. She inherits the house. And she sees dandelions and uh, uh, cre- creeping, creeping, cre- Charlie. creeping Charlie in Weeds. the lawn. And she thinks she can kill. And, and she put down that stuff, and it didn't even dent the creeping Charlie. Mm-hmm. didn't even right. dent it. All right. Didn't didn't. So didn't, you put more down. Didn't uh, the dandelions? Ha! Ah, they laughed. They just laughed. Scoffed. <laughs> I scoff at your paltry efforts <laughs> to kill me. Uh, so, yet that's her way of, of of working in the world. And if if I had her look at my yard, you look at my yard. My my yard's a jungle. It's overgrown, and I love it. Because and your yard has bees and insects and pollinators? But I'm sure she thinks that bees are, are dangerous. I mean, and this is the kind of disconnect. We have one house between what you can, you know what they say, you can choose your family, but you can't choose your neighbors. I don't believe that's actually what they say, but that's what I say. Well, and another approach, and it speaks to what Jeff and I just did here recently, if their municipality was leading in this, mm-hmm. they might understand what the municipality is doing more than listening to their next door neighbor so if if the municipality can lead in a natural lawn care program uh that would probably get more residents to to make a change well in this case the municipality is the city of chicago okay and i know that the chicago park district is actually going in that direction and you're nodding jeff about that big time Mm -hmm. yeah well mpac uh is helping them out and they're trying to get the uh, education out in front because when the dandelions did show up in the park, some people complained. But once they were educating people to expect a few dandelions, and that's okay, and here's why, then uh, the the complaints went down. So it's all about educating the public. It and, really is. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I love what you're, you're talking about, the education and, and expectations. And that's when we were talking about at the, at the top 
of the segment, the new ethic for 2018, the new perfect lawn is, yeah, there might be a dandelion or two in there. Yeah, there might be some clover. Actually, clover's not a weed. All right, just drill that. I'll drill that in your head. Clover's not a weed. Clover is a nitrogen fixer. It's put taking nitrogen for free out of the air for free and putting it in your ground for free. And 50, 60 years ago, as you guys know, because you're in the business, we used to put clover seed in with the grass mix. So what changed? I know what changed. Some company realized they could make a ton of money if they figured out that everybody needed to try to get rid of clover in their lawns. And that's what they did. And that's just, that's hurtful. It's, it's, it's counterproductive. It's harmful to the earth. Uh, the idea you're going to make some money because you, you, you're going to brainwash people and say, if you see clover in your lawn, you got to kill it. There's no reason to kill it. People ask me, how do I kill the clover? And my first question right back to them is, why do you want to kill the clover? Why do you want to do that? Right. And they don't know. They don't have a good answer. It's and the marketing. A, there's a balance here, Mike, because I, I agree with the message of, of selling a, a higher mm-hmm. expectation or a higher tolerance for weeds. But to get more municipalities moving in the right direction and to get more homeowners moving in the right direction, we still have to give um, that perception of a, a great-looking lawn. And so our lawns, for example, look great from a distance. But then as you get up closer, you can see there are, you know, populations of different kind of weeds um, so we try to find that balance so we can get more people to move in that direction and you mm-hmm. can do it you can have a natural lawn and a great looking lawn and you don't have to um, if you don't want to tolerate a lot of that uh, you, you don't have to all right let's take some phone calls 877-711-5611 uh, johnny starks you said we got nick on the line all right let's uh, bring nick in uh, good morning you're on the mike novak show with peggy malecki hello Hey, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good morning, folks. Um, at, at the risk of being redundant, w- would you mind uh, please uh, specifying why um, uh, chemicals like, like Roundup and such um, are horrible? I, I garden uh, and I grow um, uh, fruits and vegetables, but i got a brother who wants a perfect lawn, and he wants to use those chemicals. And so could you please tell him why? <laughs> tell us why uh, it, it's a bad idea. That's an excellent question, Nick. And and I'm going to start and then lead it to you guys uh, to let folks know that you can't lump all chemicals into one category. Each chemical has a different process and, and formula. Uh, and uh, what you use Roundup for is going to be different. For- Whoa. Okay. We uh, lost Nick. We lost Nick, but we'll answer his question. What you use Roundup for is going to be different from what you use um, uh, a weed killer like 2,4-D in in a bag of uh, lawn fertilizer for so who wants who wants to start with that that question <laughs> they're pointing we're at each pointing. other yeah <laughs> go ahead steve yeah it, it's a controversial topic i guess that's why jeff and i were pointing at each other you take that one <laughs> <laughs> and, and and again i'll point to like the midwest pesticide action centers and you can uh, look at uh, um, places like canada and uh, california and there's there's places around the country that are starting to ban these products um, because of their, their safety risks. And then I switch right to um, it, it's not necessary to use these products. They're, they're poisons. And then we look for products um, that, um, like one of the products we use, stops the photosynthesis of the plant. So instead of poisoning the plant, we're just not allowing it to photosynthesize, and then the plant uh, goes away. So because there's other alternatives, mm-hmm. safer alternatives, uh, that's – 
that's why we go towards those uh, those products. Well, another answer is why are we intentionally poisoning the environment for this this uh, green lawn when there are alternatives now available that are that are organic? You just have to know the science behind it, and people aren't willing to take the time to learn that. We know the science now, so we're able to deliver it and and still get the same outcome. But we have to all start to agree what's the 21st century vision of a perfect lawn or a good lawn, and it should be a healthy lawn, a healthy mm-hmm. soil ecology, not a dead soil ecology just for a green lawn. It should be healthy. So how do you get people to understand, though, the need for the healthy soil? Because most mm-hmm. people don't even think that there's soil under the grass. It's just there. Exactly. And Mike brought this up. It's the chemical companies themselves that are the brainwashing through their messaging and marketing. Mother Nature doesn't have a PR person who should be out there glorifying worms and uh, <laughs> because that's the mascot that that the soil needs. Well, yeah, you know, the, the, I'm glad you went there, Jeff, because you sent us uh, a PowerPoint of what you did in your presentation earlier this month. And you showed pictures of worms and springtails and centipedes and millipedes and uh, uh, pill bugs and all this stuff that is really the key to healthy soil. And a lot of people think, ooh, that's that's icky. Ooh, and, you, and, and, right. your, and your point was, how do you market this? How do you market worms to people? Uh, because they want to see a beautiful lawn. But if your 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 biology is healthy your your plants are going to be healthy and that's the key isn't it yeah feed the soil to feed the plants which nature's been doing for 400 million years and chemlon's only been doing this for 70 <laughs> so the original recipe is what we're going for and then you have your soil actually as a factory providing the ecosystem service of nutrients and so getting back to that question from Nick which was a great one about how do you? It's, how does he talk to his? What was his brother or his brother-in-law? His brother. His brother, yeah. brother uh, uh, about doing that. And, and okay, so for instance, you've got a lot. Of, a lot of fertilizers that you buy in the store say weed and feed. Okay, um, and it's just another name for poison and fertilizer. Well, we had actually had a better idea for this. Uh, I forget who. Who? Maybe you. I don't know. Uh, I, I I called it poison and fertilizer, but it's also oh, I'll have to I have to go back and look at it. But that's what I've called it for years. Uh, and the idea is we're going to fertilize your lawn, and at the same time we're going to kill your weeds, and it's just so much easier for you. Isn't this wonderful? Isn't it just sweet? Um, that's uh, you know convenience for you, not necessarily for nature. And the stuff you're putting on it's it's there are various formulations there are various chemicals you can use to kill what we call broadleaf weeds one of them is this thing that i've been talking about called 24d and that is the one of the most widely used uh, pest, uh herbicides in in lawn care products well if you look at 24d it kills yeah it kills broadleaf weeds but We've noticed that it also has side effects, and some of them are detrimental to human beings. We're talking about uh, endocrine disruption um, and possibility of some kinds of cancers, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and that sort of thing. Uh, And that's why, if you're a human, you don't want to use it. But it also does damage, as you mentioned, Jeff, to the organisms in the soil. So 
you're you're not just doing and 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 it depends on your point of view because some people think well I don't care if I kill the worms all right fine that's really dumb but if you don't care you don't care do you care if you kill humans and your pets and your dogs and your cats and and your dead zone that you keep mentioning all these downstream pollution effects that who ends up paying for them? society a third party other than the people spreading the chemicals mm-hmm. On their lawn, they pass all these costs on to another party that society has to pick up through treatment, water treatment costs. The dead zone is increasing the price of our fish and seafood, right? Right. So organic care, all the costs that seem expensive are right here paid for by the consumer. No third-party expenses. And no down-the-road issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, However, but I will make a point again in that – when you're talking about dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico, that's fertilizer. Mm-hmm. That's not pesticides. And you and, and part of the, our job here is to explain to people the difference. So if you put pesticides on your lawn, you're causing a different problem from when you put fer- fertilizer. The problem is when we combine them and we have that weed and feed. And then we put them both on at the same time and we're causing massive problems. So and and the other point is that Steve alluded to, and maybe you can address this just a little more, is there are other ways to do it. In the twenty first century, we became aware of the problems we were were causing with some of these chemicals, and now we have developed others that are less toxic. For instance, the chemicals, uh, you know, uh, blasting uh, a broadleaf weed with iron, mm-hmm. uh, iron chelate, which right. can kill that. Uh, plant, but leave the grass alone and not cause as much harm in the soil. Right. And if I was going to meet with uh, Nick's brother-in-law, I would start asking, what, what's your mowing um, protocol? Are you mowing twice a week in the spring? Uh, when when are you aerating? What's your water um, schedule? Um, is the lawn draining properly? So all these important things before we even get to that, if you want to reduce the amount of conventional products that you're using, you have to take care of that plant that you're trying to grow, which is the the grass plant. Then, by the time you get to having to address any weeds, these natural uh, products like the chelated iron work very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it's chelated iron, it also has a great green-up effect. So you're because you're putting iron into your pushing back the weeds and really greening up the lawn all at the same time. And the, the lawn was in great shape because you've been taking such good care of it. All right. Uh, that is Steve Newman from Logic Lawn Care. We've got Jeff Swano from Dig Right In Landscaping. That was a great call, Nick. Uh, more calls, 877-711-5611. I want, when we get back, I love the idea of talking about cultural techniques. We'll do that. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Did you know a typical carrot travels 1,838 miles to reach your dinner table? That's not a sustainable distance, and it's a great reason to consider eating more locally. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Reducing your food miles is one way to lower your carbon footprint and eat more sustainably, which is healthier for the planet and probably for you too. So go to your local farmer's market and get to know your farmers. Consider joining a CSA, Community Supported Agriculture, and get fruits and vegetables fresh from the farm directly. It's also a great way to stimulate local economy. Find a farmer's market or CSA near you 
by going to localharvest.org. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. No, 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 no. And don't put your cigarettes out in the lawn either. That's, uh, we're not, we're not going back to the old, uh, America's Master Gardener thing where, oh yeah, just, uh, when you smoke that cigarette, finish it, throw it in a little tub of water and then you can add it to the uh, homemade pesticide mix that uh, you're putting together. Oh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, Jeff. That uh-huh. Baker guy. Yeah, yep. Jerry Baker, yep. America's Baker. Master Gardener. used and to Spray like, the tobacco mix on everything. And he used to say, use tobacco, <laughs> use uh, old Milwaukee beer and a little detergent and uh, some sugar and just mix it up there at home and... And little, you know, little mushroom cloud would come up in your kitchen, and then you would just toss it into your lawn, and you were the the, the star of the neighborhood. That's how that works. <laughs> wow! Did My how really times have that? changed. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they did. That goes back to we were talking on the break about popular culture. Uh, how do myths spread? Yeah, and and and, and truths. And in the break, and 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 Peggy had a really good point, which is take this idea of. Natural lawn care, put it in a in a popular TV show, make it part of a plot line, and this is how you get the word out. You know, uh, we've we've mm-hmm. got to do that. We got to write to Hollywood and get to, them to put this in a plot line. It doesn't have to be like the whole focus of the show. It's just it's like one of those side plot lines, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, then trying to convince your neighbor that. Uh, Putting two four D on your lawn is not a good idea, you know. And and that's the other thing, folks. If you're if you're going to do that, you you don't know it's in the bag until you read it. I'm one of those guys that walks into uh, a garden center and I pick up a box or a bag of something. The, one of the first places I'm going is to the ingredients. I'm looking at what's in the bag, and then if I don't know what it is, guess what? I got a smartphone here, and I go online. I go boop 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 boop. boop. What the heck is? Whoa, that's really toxic. Okay, let's not buy that. That sounds like a good article, actually, because uh, people have learned how to read food labels. On products, people are starting to realize how to read chemical labels on their lotions and their soaps and their cleaning products. Yeah. So why not start some education? Yeah. All right. And, and be, yes. And every bag and bottle of 
fertilizer and herbicide pesticide has another note on there that says keep out of reach of children. With a skull and crossbones. Right, right well, there. Some, sometimes with a skull and crossbones and sometimes, you know, and that's the other thing. They have different degrees of toxicity. The The government says you have to label this and, and let uh, consumers know exactly how toxic this is and they do very easily if it's the most toxic you get a skull and crossbones or you get a warning or you get something else in there so it's all there folks it's all there you don't have what what the problem is a lot of people look at the thing that says kills weeds and that's all they look at and then they're done kills bugs and that's all they look at and they don't think of anything else so stop doing that that's just just stop that okay just Put it all together. Use the science. Use your noggin you, and read and try to figure this out. Uh, before we get to Penny, and just uh, Penny's hanging on. We'll get to her in just a second. Uh, give me uh, just a couple of minutes about what it was like talking to the park districts of Illinois. Uh, what's the response? Did you have a crowded room? Are they interested in uh, natural lawn care? Uh, yeah. Uh, there were about 50 um, decision makers in, in the room. Um a lot of them were there because they were getting pressure from the community, uh, which is a good. That's good. Yeah, that's, yeah. When it comes Great. from the ground up, yeah. that's exactly. a good thing. Yeah. And my main goal in speaking with them was to remove the fear and the perceived risks of going this direction. So we talked about committing to a natural long care program. When you say risks, what are the risks? That it's going to be too expensive, that it's not going to work, those kind of risks? So some of the stakeholders care about that. Yeah. Uh, the mayor or the superintendent of the school might care about their job security. If all of a sudden the, <laughs> the school true. doesn't look it's good, um, then, you know, the, the community's putting pressure. How about the facility manager? The facility manager's got to execute on a lot of this. So yeah. they're they're worried about their job and just is my job going to become harder? Especially if you got especially if you got a parent or a a a citizen who walks into a park and says, Oh my God! There's a dandelion. I'm calling City Hall right now, and they do, don't they? Right. Yeah. The community actually plays both sides of it. The community's putting pressure to stop using it, but then the community also puts pressure on to make mm-hmm. sure that the yeah. the community um, expectation, what the lawns are are looking like, uh, are met. So d- does it look like these these folks uh, in this room they want to work with you guys? I mean, is this is this a movement? Or have mm-hmm. we gotten to a movement thing yet? I think we're pre-movement, but where it's it's getting teed up. That <laughs> the amount of people at the conference in our room for this topic was inspiring mm-hmm. and hopeful. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I had a few people reach out afterwards, um, and we have the Village of Skokie example, mm-hmm. uh, right. plus District 57 and Mount Prospect's been doing this for five years. And then also uh, Naperville Park District and Park Ridge Park District were both uh, speakers at this event, too. So there's now peers that they can talk to uh to to remove some of that fear and risk as well all right let's go to the phones uh bring in penny good morning you're on the mike novak show with peggy malecki hi Uh, can i change what i was going to talk about given what you just said sure go for it i want to talk about the ingredient list uh many years ago i heard a tv show um where they they went to peru and saw what Roundup was doing in the soybean field. Kids were cutting through the soybean field in order to get to school, but not all of them were cutting through. The ones that cut through, now Peru, they're dark-skinned people. They were white up to their knees. 
that's what Roundup did physically to people in Peru. Now, since then, I haven't been willing to eat anything from with soybeans in it because we it never says country of origin, and so therefore I wouldn't have been able to steer clear of the soy that came from Peru. But anyway, I just wanted to say that about ingredient lists, that yes, they're nice to read, but the truth of the matter is our soils are becoming, I call it dirt, just dirt. It's, there's nothing in it. We used to get everything from our food. And the reason I called in was to say, uh, recently I had been diagnosed with um, I, I, iodine deficiency. So I went on the Internet to read up on iodine deficiency and where iodine comes from in my food, and there is no place. You have to really just take iodine. Um, But I also learned that 50% of the globe, the people in the globe, are iodine deficient. And back in 2012, uh, it became an emergency in the U.K., and they decided they were going to get rid of this deficiency. So it's... It's being recognized elsewhere other than in America. <laughs> What's new? Um, <laughs> but in any but in any event, all of that stuff is soil related. Well, sure. I call what I eat out of the ground. If I don't grow it myself, I call it cardboard. Because huh. it might as well be. Uh, very interesting comments there, Penny. One of the things I will say though is that you guys in lawn care probably rarely use Roundup is what I'm guessing. Is that, uh, Yeah, it's verboten. Um, uh, and, glyphosate. Uh, yeah, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, uh, glyphosate. And we talked about it on this show, Penny, um, a few weeks, a couple of months ago, uh, where we had... Uh, Carrie Gillum. Carrie Gillum, author. and she always remembers the name, and I never do. <laughs> Carrie Gillum, who, who wrote a book about Roundup. And, you know, the, the jury is still out on Roundup about how toxic it might be and how detrimental to human health. There are a lot of people saying, oh, no, it's perfectly safe. And then there's the other side that says, uh, no, nah, we, we're, we're still doing studies on it. And the, 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 the companies who sell it, you know, they, they want you to believe that there's absolutely nothing wrong. And my feeling is... I agree with the people who say the jury is out. We don't know. Uh, it is. It, we do know that it's overused in the world uh, because it's used on so many crops. Uh, and guys like uh, Jeff and Steve basically uh, don't have it in their arsenal. Uh, or if they do, they're doing spot treatments, tiny bit of it. Um, and it's certainly not the way it's used in soybeans. And, yeah, you, the problem, Penny, is that if it's if you're eating soy, chances are there was Roundup involved in it. There's very little. Uh, soy produ- or oats uh, uh, produ- production anymore that doesn't use it. So yeah. great, great comment, Penny. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the show. Thank you. All right, have a great day. Uh, before we go, uh, gentlemen, I want to get to one other thing. And 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 first of all, if folks want more information about this, if they want to go in a safer direction for their lawns, for their pets, for their kids, for themselves. Uh, obviously, they can contact you, and Jeff, uh, that would be at? Uh, customer service at digrightin.com or 708-485-1234. And, of course, you, Dig Right In also has a Facebook page. I've got uh, connections and links to uh, to both. And Steve? Uh, yeah, you can follow Logic Lawn Care on Facebook. You can go to logiclawncare.com. 
or you can give us a call at 847-421-6500. Uh, and all that information, as mm-hmm. I said, is on my website. But I want to get to the thing that we attended. Peggy and I went to see you do a presentation about Canal Shores Golf yes. Course. And Rick DeMaio is going to be on in a second, and I get to brag uh, <laughs> how, I, how I kicked his butt at golf at the end of last year. But uh, I, I but I won't say that uh, on the air. Oh, wait, I just did. Oh, okay, too wait, late. Wait, uh, was, I saw it in a blog somewhere. Yeah, okay. And uh, what what's your plan there for Canal Shores? It's a, it's a golf course that goes along the canal there uh, it, that straddles Evanston and Wilmette. Correct. Uh, and you're trying to make it more nature-friendly, aren't you? Yeah, so it's a nonprofit golf course. There's not a lot of nonprofit golf courses in the country. Uh, I don't know of any others in Illinois. Um, it's almost 100 years old. Uh, next year will be mm-hmm. our 100th year anniversary. 82 acres in Evanston will met. So along with golf being the primary activity, uh, we realize we're also stewards of the land, the, these 82 acres. So three years ago, we started an ecological master planning process uh, to improve the habitat and then also look for opportunities uh, for the community to be able to access the green space, be um, engaged with nature alongside golf. Um, and the plan was just completed. Canal Shores website. Um, so any of your listeners can go to canalshores.org and uh, download the uh, the plan. Canalshores.org. And it's great. You're going to, uh, you know, get rid of invasives. You're adding more wetlands. You're adding more. What what did you call the, the areas where you can overlook? Um, you have a term for that, and I don't remember exactly what it is. Uh, o- overlooks? <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? But, but the idea, because a lot of people like to walk there. They like to hike. They like to bike. Yeah, uh, and they, we, uh, they, they don't necessarily play golf. Right. Yeah, but, we, I think we use the word vista as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and one of the things we did was do a, a baseline before we started doing some of the planning and did a tree survey, a wetland delineation, so we, we have a real good understanding of what we're starting with. It's really cool. Canalshores.org. All right, they're going to stick around. Rick DeMaio Weather is next. We hope you stick around for that, too. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 2018 Good Food Expo. Connect with local farmers and producers, learn from renowned local chefs, shop the Good Food Marketplace, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. Don't miss the Good Food Masterclass on Fermented Foods with author Michael Harlan Turkel. Good Food happens Saturday, March 24th at the UIC Forum in Chicago. The Mike Novak Show will cover it live on Facebook. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show returns to Navy Pier this March with a new five-day schedule. This year's theme is Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell. You'll enjoy fabulous display gardens, chef demonstrations, container potting parties, cut flower arranging classes, and family activities. Mike and I will be there twice. Our presentation is on Friday, March 16th, and on Sunday, March 18th, we're broadcasting live. This year's Chicago Flower and Garden Show is happening from March 14th through March 18th. Get your tickets now at chicagoflower.com. 
It might be winter, but you can still visit farmer's markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We still got our our two lawn care experts and ecological safety, ecological what? Something, something, something. Minded, pro. Yeah, pro-minded, ecologically minded. Our natural minded. lawn care superheroes. Yeah, exactly, in the studio. Uh-huh. And that's uh, <laughs> Jeff Swano and Steve Newman. But on the phone, we have meteorologist Rick DeMaio. And I don't know, if you, Rick, uh, if you heard what we were talking about just a second ago. It's uh, your favorite golf course. Oh, oh uh, Canal Shores there up along the uh, Chicago, I guess you can call it a river. I call it like a the sanitary canal. canal, but yeah, we'll call it a river. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, and uh, uh, Steve Newman's been working on the Canal Shores Ecological Master Plan. Uh, and I don't even awesome. know. Great. I, I don't know if you were aware of that, uh, but I, I went to a meeting that a presentation he did, and he's trying to enlist public support for this, and it's just really, really cool. And I think you're one of the people who will really appreciate it. Well, I think more so you, Mike, because you beat my butt that day in the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, well. and, and you always know how when you do well on a golf course, you can't wait to go back, right? You know. I, I do want to go back now. I just think. Of course, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I believe it or not, I wouldn't be surprised if there were people golfing out across the area yesterday. It may have been a little little mushy in some areas, but I don't know about you guys, but this is getting weirder and weirder. It it, it seemed like late March weather in, in late January again, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is weird. Uh, I think Steve wanted to jump in and say hi uh, for a second. Uh, uh, how you doing, Rick? Hey, how you doing, Steve? Excellent. It, it so- sounds like you both need a Canal Shores golf membership. We're, we're, Uh-oh. They're, they're, running a, they're running a special till the end of this month. Unlimited golf for $499. It's the best value in Chicago. Oh, God, that sounds great. I don't know if I can do it. I'll have to ask my accountant. <laughs> but but, the- but it, does, it, it, does, it does sound alluring, and I think more than anything um, – and and Mike has has known this about me for a long time. Um, it's not so much the golf that I like; it's the fact that you have this area of nature that is preserved and conserved uh, right in the heart of you know probably one of the more densely populated you know suburban areas. And still, a lot of people don't know about it. And it's not just used for golf. That's the that's the important thing to note here. Agreed. And you may have mentioned this, David. Yeah, it's also for people who just want to get out and walk. You know, they, they take their dogs through there. You see kids walking home from school. You'll see people using the trail on the side for a bike. So I, I think they almost have to maybe redesignate what it's called, maybe call it the Canal Shores Golf Course Preserve or something like that. But I, I, I still think more and more people need to know about it, particularly people from the north side of Chicago, even people in Evanston. So maybe going about it a different way uh, may, may increase your support somewhat. Yeah, and over the last few years, we've been getting a lot more uh, awareness, um, partly because of uh, of these things that we're doing uh, with the ecology. 
Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a wonderful uh, uh, mission that they have, and uh, and and I hope for folks get involved. And maybe you're right, Rick, uh, that as they do more work, more people will become aware right. of it and and jump on board. So that's if, that's a good thing. Yeah, and if we had snow, it'd be great for cross country skiing, which I've done before, but there's been none of that you, so you far. You haven't gotten out so skied yet me, this year. Well, yes. great, great point, Rick. Two weeks ago, I was over there going to one of the meetings that uh, we we attend, and there were snowshoers. Uh, in the evening, with yes. he- headlamps head- heading off into the uh, the dark in- into the <laughs> snow, <love> Ab- absolutely. <laughs> so th- that takes us to yeah. uh, to to the weather, Rick. Yeah. And and I yeah. s- I said something at the beginning of this show, uh, and I said this has been a really, except for the exciting below zero temperatures at the beginning of the month, uh, it's been a really boring winter, and I'm I'm not enjoying it a lot. <laughs> okay. No. No. And, it, and, you know, the, the maps that I sent you guys yesterday kind of highlight that. I think we're at, um, what, 10 inches or 9.7 inches of snow mm-hmm. officially for um, O'Hare, a little bit less when you go south and west. Um, but then we've had, you know, some areas have gotten nailed, particularly northwest Indiana, uh, southwest lower Michigan, up over 40 inches with lake effect snow. We had that little mesoscale band move into northern Lake McHenry and extreme southeast Wisconsin last week. Well, actually, last week on uh, Monday night into Tuesday, and I was up there on Friday, and I was amazed at the amount of snow. As soon as you went across the border um, into eastern Walworth County and western Racine County, and and what did I see along the side of the road? Were tracks and tracks of snowmobiles using the snow. It was like it was like Christmas came, and they tried to get out and use it before they knew it was mm-hmm. going to melt. And believe it, by Saturday morning, it was all gone. So the lack of snow. Is is not only something that you know from a standpoint of what's weird about this is getting weirder. It does hurt the local economy, and I think people need to realize that there are a lot of people. As much as we like this kind of weather, it does have an impact on people who rely on cross country skiing and snowshoeing, as Steve had mentioned. But more so, you get in the southern and central areas of Wisconsin, and it's it's not like they haven't had the snow. They've had the snow, but it's not staying around, and that's something that is definitely that something that we've seen from a climate change standpoint. Snow does not stay on the ground as long as it used to. It's uh, it's something uh, to watch and and disappear. And uh, we get these right. <laughs> these swings. Uh, it gets cold and then it gets warm and then it gets cold and it gets warm. And, and we still really haven't had a real snow. Are they still uh, suffering out in Colorado with lack of snow? Oh yeah, even even though Denver got snow with that system that came through last week, they were twenty four inches below normal. Uh, now they're nineteen inches below normal. Uh, and the thing came through so fast because we're in this progressive pattern uh, that the mountains barely got maybe 6 to 10 inches out of it. They're right back into a dry pattern, and it looks like they're going to stay that way uh, for probably the next 6 to 10 days. And even the pattern that is trying to become colder and trying to become snowier for us, even the last couple of long-range model outputs about 10 to 15 days out is now beginning to back off. So every time we try to see a little bit of this colder weather, you know, kind of beginning to push southward, it, it seems that it doesn't want to. And even though this has been a fairly robust La Nina pattern across the equatorial Pacific, the overall global temperature is still running about a degree and a half above normal Fahrenheit. Um, and, and some of the reports that I've seen recently about how, you know, even though we've seen some downticks at times with global temperature due to the fact that the oceans are colder in some areas, the overall warmth is still um, basically overriding the long-term trend. And this may have to do with, obviously, the fact that the oceans cover 71% of the Earth, 
and basically take in about 80% of the CO2 and the Earth's warming. So again, it's that thing. It's not so much how much we're warming the Earth, but it's how much we're warming the Earth, and 70% of the Earth is water. Yikes. Okay, well, uh, you know, uh, Jeff uh, told me uh, he was going to stick around here and listen to you because he just loves to geek out on weather. So you got a fan right here in the in the studio with us. Uh, it, do you have a question, Jeff, before we let Rick go? Sure. Um, with that uh, climate change in the back of our minds and as landscape company owners, um, you know, mm-hmm. do I have a future? <laughs> like, what do I do? I yeah, have to I go do. zero escape? I, I, I think I think more so you have a future with people, you know, making sure that they're putting in um, the right type of right type of plant. Um, one of the things that I talked last week in my Loyola University class was how, if you look at our plant hardiness zone, uh, literally zone six has has creeped further and further north, and zone seven has creeped further and further north. Uh, does this mean that we start to think differently uh, about how we plant things? And I told my students, I go, don't don't look at me, but if those of you own in environmental science are really interested in how to maintain interest and a job in it. Go to a place like Yosemite. Go to a place like um, Lurie. Go to a place uh, like Chalet and talk to the people, not so much the young people running around, but the older people and ask them, have they noticed the change and what are you doing, not only at the end of the season, but at the, get, at the beginning of the season, to help mitigate uh, losses for people who have put in, we, we, not a bush or two, but thousands of bushes. Okay, and we need a forecast real quick. Okay. Uh, cold today, a little bit of lake effect snow tomorrow, and then much colder by the end of the week. Uh, temperatures basically down to chilly temp- conditions by the weekend, Mike. Uh, but not a lot of snow. Okay. Uh, thanks, Rick DeMaio. Thanks, you guys. Uh, until next Sunday, go green or go home. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.